0: Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Barn. I am so excited for today's interview because we have a wonderful special guest on with us today. We have Wendy Stanley, and Wendy and Mike were the ones that started Stanley Premium Western Forage. Their beginning story is so amazing. They Started from the very bottom. They had just $900 in their pockets and an old 1969 Peterbilt truck, a used swather and a baler, and they got to work in creating the business that we now know as Stanley Premium Western Forage. And so, Wendy, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Katie. Thank you for having me. I have had the pleasure of getting to interview Mike previously and also Dusty So we've gotten to share some fun stories from their perspectives. And I have to say, I'm really excited about yours because there's just something really special about, I think, that kind of farm wife perspective and what you had to do to basically be a partner, be there to help make the business successful and make it work.
1: Yeah, thanks, Katie. And it actually was really fun to listen to theirs because listening to theirs everything they talked about, I just envisioned exactly what I was doing. And at the time that they were doing that and what we were all doing, it was, it was really cool. It was,
0: I bet that was really nice. It kind of just took you back to that time. And you just remembered that moment. Yeah, it did. That was fun. I love stories. I love storytelling. My dad's a really great storyteller. So it's something that I always enjoy listening to people's stories that kind of Talk about what made them be who they are today. It's so much fun for me. Yeah, it is fun. I
1: know. Yeah, it was fun. They made it listening to them. I knew exactly where I was at the
0: time and where we all were. And it was fun. So, Wendy, I would like you to share a little bit with us about how you grew up. Was your family involved in agriculture and farming? Or when you started dating Mike, was that kind of like your first experience?
1: Okay. And actually, I know my family was not into agricultural. My mother's family was from the Dietrich Richfield area. And they did, they had a small dairy growing up. And I spent quite a bit of time in Dietrich with that dairy. So I was familiar with the milk and cows being in the barn, the grain fields, we spent a lot of time in the grain trucks with my grandpa. But no, my immediate family was not.
0: Did they have you milking cows? Yeah, we
1: got to milk cows. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, it was really cool because grandma would take the milkers literally hung on the stalls, you know, and then they would have to take those down off the stalls. Everything was by hand. So yeah, as, as a young girl, I got to experience that for sure.
0: That's awesome. Not a lot of kids get to do that these days.
1: No, they don't. No. That was the good days.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. People always talk about that, the good old days, right? Where yeah, that you had was the, the opportunity good old days. To do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And even talking today, I have to say, if at parts I get a little choked up, or it's because I'm reminiscing and going back, and they were the best of times.
0: And oh, things aren't that way amazing. today. Yeah. I know. Right. It does. I find it to be a little bit more challenging, especially like now that I'm old enough to be raising my small children who are all six and under, even from when I was a kid, just remembering what we did at that age, which the nice thing is, is we live in an environment where we still are able to allow our kids to get out and just basically live outside, play outside, be in the dirt and do all that stuff. But also knowing the convenience of tablets and things like that. But also sometimes it's like too much, you know, kids instead of going out and playing in the neighborhood with their friends or Staying out to the lights, go out or whatever. Now they're not doing that as much. And so times are so different. They are. They're very different.
1: So no, being my family, my mother's family, that was the only part of agricultural that I knew, or I actually was raised in Nevada. And my mother was a probation officer at that time. And Her family was from Richfield, Dietrich area. I had four brothers, and I was the only girl, and the oldest, the only girl, so I had a lot of responsibilities growing up. She worked a lot, and I, I did. I took care of the boys a lot and made the decisions, and I had a lot of responsibilities that way. And I actually, if you're asking me about the agricultural and maybe how I met Mike yeah, I'd love to hear how that introduction happened. Yeah, because that's actually no agricultural in the immediate family. But after high school, I had really wanted to just work and raise enough money to, you know, how we do make my own way and buy a car. And so I came out right. to Idaho Richfield area, came out here with my uncle, and I was moving hand lines and driving tractor, went to work for him that summer. And that's how I met Mike that summer, moving my hand lines. I would get done with my hand lines and driving tractor and helping plant. And Mike was cutting hay at the Richfield Dairy at that time. And when I would get done with that, I would go into the little local cafe and I was waitressing. Oh. And Mike would come in there during lunch, cutting his hay. And, and that's actually how I met Mike was that summer.
0: That is so fun.
1: I love that. And getting to know him and hanging out. Yeah, I learned how to run a swather and (laughs) I was hanging out in the hayfields. You
0: probably (laughs) learned really quick.
1: (laughs) I did learn real quick. I did learn real quick. Actually, I, I knew Mike for about three weeks and he put me on a swather and he made about five rounds with me. And left the field, and I don't know, about 20 minutes of him being gone, that biggest will came off of the swather, if you can oh only God. imagine. <laughs> Five rounds, he said, you've got this, you're going to be good at this. The biggest will came off the tractor, that, or off the swather, that swather went round. He failed to show me how to shut the machine off if I needed to. And yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I read and managed to get it shut off, and Wondered if I was hanging out with the right guy.
0: <laughs> I bet I bet you were. And at the time, there were no cell phones, so it's not like you could call him up and be like, "Hey, Mike, can you come and help me right now?"
1: <laughs> no, there wasn't. I just sat there and waited for him to come. But it was, yeah. I think from that day forward, I actually was on a swather. That's every time I went with him. That's that's what we did. That's we were what we did. The
0: yeah. I have driven swathers before there's a few summers where I, I cut hay and, and did all of that. And so I actually a swather was probably one of my favorite pieces of equipment to run. I think. Yes. And I, yeah. you can drive faster with a swather than you can with some of the other. Yep. And I love the swathing. I love the yeah. The baleen. And the that, that smell of yep. like fresh cut alfalfa or what? Yeah. I always enjoyed that. Yes, that was probably
1: my favorite. The balers were staying up all night. It was hard work. You had to try and get some rest through the day so that you could go again.
0: But yeah, swathing
1: was, that was my favorite for sure.
0: That's awesome. So before you met Mike, obviously, but growing up, did you ever imagine that you'd end up marrying a farmer or did you have some sort of other vision that you thought maybe you would end up with?
1: No, I didn't know. Didn't think about a farmer. I always wanted a job in uniform. I'd have made a great nurse
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: I always wanted to be an airline stewardess. I wanted to put that uniform on and accommodate people.
0: Yeah, I could see you very well being either a nurse or like a stewardess, just like kind of your, just your personality and your just your friendliness and how you care for people. Yeah, you would have rocked either one of those roles. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have been
1: good at it. I'm a nurturer.
0: Yes, you are. You're very <laughs> I'm a <good> nurturer one. <laughs>
1: and just an accommodator. Love to do things that, yeah, for people, make people happy, comfortable, feed them.
0: Right. I can feed them.
1: Definitely make sure that they're them.
0: fed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So, you and Mike have three children that you raised while farming and growing Stanley Premium Western Forage Dusty, Cammy, and Kayla. And I'm going to ask you this about each of the kids, but I would love to know what one of your favorite memories, first of all, because Dusty's the oldest, right? Yes. Do you have a favorite memory or story that you can share about Dusty? The memories with the kids, I got to say, and like
1: all of us, the memories with the kids are endless. So this mm-hmm. one's kind of a tough one. And at the age that they are now, you know, they may not agree with, with <laughs> you know how it goes. They may not agree with all these stories and how I perceive them today. Oh, I'm sure. But a story that I had on Dusty that really comes to mind, nothing to do with the hayfield, really, only other than who Dusty was. Dusty was, Dusty was a negotiator all the time always even even with kids in school, he had ways to negotiate. And especially <laughs> when he got in high school and I can always say with me, Dusty was a negotiator. It was like all Mike had to do was raise his voice. But you know, they come to mom and they're the way they do, they can argue a little bit. But oh yeah. I think it was like Dusty's sophomore year. He come in and he said to me, he said, You know, mom, I need you to come sit down here a minute. We need to talk. He said, report cards came out today. I got a D on my report card. And he said, now, listen, I just want you to understand that dad doesn't know anything about report cards unless you tell him. (laughs) And so you and I, we can work this out and there's no reason that we need to go to the big guy. You and I have got this and we can work (laughs) this out. That was something that stuck with me to Dusty. He was always a negotiator and I had to tell him, well, I do have to go to dad with that. I have to, dad's in on everything. Right. And it just popped his bubble. It was like, <laughs> I'm telling you we're friends here and we don't <laughs> need we can to make go a to the deal, big mom. guy. We can work this out <laughs> and he won't know anything until six weeks comes up. So that was a good one with Dusty. Something that just really stuck with me.
0: I think that's very interesting that you say that because when I was talking to Dusty. I had asked him, you know, if he ever knew, did he envision himself being a business owner or like what path did he ever think that he would take? And he didn't exactly know, but he had said that he knew probably business was something that he would want to do. If he was going to do anything else, he just like business. And so it makes complete sense just with that one story yeah. that that would be his, his route in life.
1: Yeah. And Dusty never said, I never heard Dusty say, I want to be a fireman, a doctor, a lawyer, a... never. It was always, I'm going to bail hay like my dad. I'm Aww, bail hay that's, like my awesome. dad. that's all you ever yeah. got from him. And he loved it. He, oh, yeah. he loved it. That was just, that's just what he wanted to do. Now, whether or not he sees it that way, like mom does.
0: <laughs> he did say that he never really envisioned himself doing anything, I think, but farming and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, not just with Dusty and Mike, but Balin, it sounds like he was talking about Balin getting started in the fields. I think it was last year and just how much he loves getting out there and being very tractor. The very, tractor. Same, the very yeah. same
1: and watching Balin, it's the very same scenario. He absolutely loves it. And Dusty loved it. He just loved it from the very beginning.
0: Right. And I should probably say also for anyone, maybe just jumping into this episode that Mike and Wendy started Stanley Premium Western Forage and Dusty is now the CEO of Stanley. Mike retired a few years back and has handed the reins over to Dusty. And so Dusty is our leader now. But that's so awesome. I love that story. I think it's so funny. How about Cammie? Cammy is your middle
1: child. Cammy was her middle child. My memories of Cammie. First, I want to say Cammy is very quiet like me. I'm more mm-hmm. reserved. I'm very quiet. Cammy's very dominant like Mike. So basically Cammy doesn't say much, but Cammie stands for what she believes in, stands her yeah. ground. Memories with Cammy to me actually are Cammy and Dusty were very close. And my memories with them too, and, and Cammy especially talking of Cammy is the hours that she spent following her brother around. Dusty was her everything. And when they were young, there was not much, there was hardly ever fighting or arguing, but she was in the dirt on the ground. She had the tractors with him and the lined up grass so that they could bail all the hay and get all this little, the hay raked in its place and I remember asking her one time we used to ask her what she wanted to be when she grew up and she said well I just want to be a kindergartner like my dust (laughs) (laughs) oh but she just kind of whatever Dusty did yeah they were always on four-wheelers always playing tractors always Mm -hmm. you know she just in the dirt oh man did they love the dirt
0: That's awesome. And
1: those are memories of Cammie. Cammie also had a best friend that I can see them in the old car. And it was just, they would drive. Our kids started driving it. Seven, eight. Our kids were in, they were just in cars and doing. And and right where our home is, where we raised the kids, that was a dirt road at that time. So (laughs) I can see Cammie. She was back and forth. At that time, we had just built the little gray office. That's there on the frontage road now, but it was a dirt road all the way up there. And I can just see her in that car just back and forth. She was like seven and eight and through the fields.
0: (laughs) There's another thing that's different than it would be these days, right? I mean, there are still farm kids that drive early, but it's not as good as the better days were, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Cammie later on, just, you know, same scenario with both the girls. I just want to bell, Hey, I just want to go out to the field. I just... So she got to go out. It lasted for a few weeks and and that's kind of a long story, but <laughs> <laughs> she did get to go out. And yeah, figured out that guys get kind of grouchy out there at night and
0: yeah. everything has
1: to be perfect <laughs> they on stay that machine all <laughs> night long,
0: yeah. And make sure
1: they stay awake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it lasted a few weeks and it was yeah, she learned from that and well, and when Cammy was in high school and when we built, when we first built the plant, that was all of us in there. That was Dusty working on the outside. Cammy was doing a lot. Of, well, she cleaned that office from the time she was third grade until she graduated. Mm-hmm. And then just out of high school, she was doing all of the payroll, all of the fuel. She kept track of all of the fuel. So yeah, and all of us, Kayla was in there at that time. I was in there at that time. Cammy today... Her husband helps run the fleet of truck. If anybody's right. familiar with Bobby, right? He runs the fleet of trucks for us, and yeah, Cami has she has her own taco truck now, and helps Bobby with the things he needs. Has you know, as a mom, a 4-H leader, they just right. spent the week at the fair.
0: Yeah, you were just helping out there yesterday with the kids, weren't you?
1: Well, I went to watch. So yeah. you went to watch. Yeah, yeah, I went to watch, and it was that's always a lot of fun.
0: Nice. And they show pigs, right? Yes. Yes. Nice.
1: Their two oldest girls have pigs and then their youngest little girl has a goat.
0: Aww. So, yeah,
1: it was a fun fair. And, yeah, that's always a fun time, especially in agriculture. That's part of it. That's awesome. You got to have that.
0: Oh, yeah. And so what about Kayla?
1: And Kayla was, you know, Kayla was our bubbly one. Kayla was all about. There's 12 years between her and Dusty and nine years between her and Cammie. So Kayla was this little person at home with me alone. And Kayla followed me, kind of done what I done. And, but Kayla was our animal person. So no matter what I was doing, Kayla was somewhere with some type of animal. She was either loving on her goat or she had chickens. She had geese. She had ducks. She had chickens (laughs) And Kayla fell in love with horses. Dangerous territory, huh? Yep. (laughs) Yep. And I had to learn a lot about, that's when I really started to learn about hay was when Kayla got her horse. We always put hay up, but then we got this horse and it was time to learn what that stuff was really about. It was important.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yep. So yeah,
1: Kayla just was our animal lover and just kind of whatever. She was just the bubbly one and kind of hanging out. And the two older ones were pretty much gone, you know, when mm-hmm. she was nine. So she spent a lot of time with their animals and
0: yeah, memories. And for- she was, she was the inspiration. We talked a little bit about this on Mike's episode, but she was the inspiration for the small animal Jojo's line there. Initially, once they got started selling, we started selling hay for small animals, companion animals.
1: Yep, she was, her and her little goat. (laughs) And the goat, yeah, what inspired all that, that little goat was tied to a stacker. Dusty come home and said, hey, you know what, can Kayla have a goat? Because i got to go to work. And this thing's stuck on my stacker. And that her and that little goat were the best of friends. And just watching her and then Mike, Mike just had this vision. You know, Wendy, I'm going to make a pellet. I can do this. I can make a pellet. You know, and then it went into little cubes. I can do this. And, but if we do it, we got to call it something. Mm-hmm. And it was just perfect. There was just Kayla and this little goat, and Bob Buckley was a big right. part of that. If we get this pellet going in these cubes, and what are we going to call it? Well, JoJo's best. <laughs> it, it was just fitting. It was just fitting.
0: That's so sweet. I love how that all started. Yeah,
1: it really was fun.
0: So what were some of the ways that you preserved memories of your family farm, maybe like special places of the original farm or your kids experiencing new things growing up in that environment or just farm life in general? Okay, you're asking me memories on the family farm. Yeah,
1: there are so many. We always worked so hard. And I guess I think memories on the family farm, that for us was work. And I guess I can just see everybody working. And then as far as a a strong family or a memory on the farm, you know, I don't know that I really have any. We just always worked. Right. And you guys were together a lot, just doing things together. We were together a lot. And I can think of something just off the top of my head that comes to mind. (laughs) And I don't know that it's, it's a farm memory. But, you know, we worked so hard, and the kids, we didn't do a lot. We didn't get to camp. We didn't really camp, and we really didn't travel. But when we say a farm memory, I'm going to throw this in. We had put hay up for weeks, and, you know, you're tired, and you just the same thing every day. You get up, you do it again, you bell hay, you swath right. it, you go out and work. But we had a time where we had a heavy rain, real heavy rain, Mike was on edge. I mean, it was going to take a while for this stuff to dry out. The color wasn't good. And I remember he come in and he said, let's go somewhere. I can't watch the rain. Let's just go somewhere. Let's do something with the kids. And I remember we were shocked. And we all got to go to Lake Powell. We packed up in a matter of 24 hours in a day. I managed to get salads together. We put everything in a cooler and we drove the ten hours or whatever that day, put the kids we got this little old houseboat, and it was so old but Aww. we we lived on that boat for three days waiting for knowing that we were waiting for the the rain, the rain to, to you know to stop and for the hay to dry out and I guess that's a memory just because it was probably one of the only trips we took. And I think the kids remembered it very, very well. And it was because it was outside of that work a little bit.
0: Yeah, You know, it was
1: outside and we had never done that before. So that's, to me, that's a farm memory, I guess. We got to leave the work for just a little bit.
0: And that's so true. I think anybody who is involved in particularly production agriculture, Knows that you live and breathe that and you do miss out on opportunities to travel and get away or when the kids hit summertime, it's not like summer vacations, it's farming is kicking it up a notch at that time. And that is such a wonderful memory that I'm sure all of the kids Probably vividly remember that experience. I'm I'm sure sure
1: they vividly remember that because that was the one time that we did get to leave. And to me, that's a farm memory. We got to do that because even in the summertime, and you know, when that hay's ready, you take care of that hay. You don't get, and and I remember for years, weekends,
0: what was a weekend? Yeah, the days all ran together. Yeah, we didn't
1: have weekends until after Mike and I built the plant. Mm-hmm. And then when we started getting those employees and and people work, and that was when we had to tell ourselves, people have families, we need to take mm-hmm. weekends. Absolutely. And go do that. But so yeah, I guess for me, that was a memory, we got to get away for just a little bit. And I do if my kids were asked today, I think they would say, Oh, yeah, we remember Lake Pal." Oh, that's awesome. We got to leave the hayfield for a few days. And right. all be in a car together and do something fun. And we were able to rent a couple jet skis and it was great. And actually that was right when we built our home and I'll just throw this in. So I don't go too long on this one question, but we had just built our home and was able to leave and we're putting a yard in. When we got back, it was a bigger yard than I'd ever had. It was an acre and a half. And yeah. when we got back, we even ended up having to swath the yard cuz it grew when we You yeah. <laughs> did. When we took our little trip so cuz of the
0: rain. <laughs> and we literally
1: had to run the swather over that yard.
0: Oh my goodness. That is hilarious. So yeah, that to me would be a yeah, that maybe that would answer I that question. I love that. That is such a fun memory that you guys have. Yeah. And we talked about this, and especially if they didn't know it before this episode, they hopefully certainly do now. But for those that don't know that Stanley is a family-owned company and is still very much family-oriented in terms of our values and involvement as well. But Wendy, who in your life has been your greatest inspiration? Tell us a little bit more about them.
1: Biggest inspiration in my life, I would have to say, actually, is Mike and the kids. Mike's family, he comes from a strong family, Mike's mom and dad and his grandparents, their stable foundation of faith, family, honesty, and love is amazing. And they would be probably my biggest inspiration. And then my kids, and I have to say, well, and even now with the kids, I learn from them every day and they're an inspiration to me. And my kids, I'm just so blessed to call them my children. And we have five grandchildren now four girls and one little guy. And I'm inspired by them every day. So, yeah, Mike and the kids and the stable family foundation that Mike's family basically taught all of us.
0: That's so wonderful. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's great to have your family as your greatest inspiration. It just kind of shows the relationship that you guys all have and share and again, it just works right into I think the family values that have stemmed from you guys and move forth into the business and it's very you know apparent in the the values that the business now has. and so I think that's wonderful. How have some of the Stanley employees impacted your life? Oh my goodness. And I know you probably have a lot. The
1: Stanley employees, and how have they impacted? Wow, that's big. Because I can go, it's hard not to bring up names because I would never want to forget anybody. Anybody. Yeah, because everybody, the Stanley employees, what a blessing how blessed we are. But I think to say if I was to go back to the beginning, of course, it was Mike and I for years, and then, well, and his brother, and his wife was the four of us for right. a long time. And But to go back, when we first bought our first farm and had the little office, barely starting out, had the little office and we put our first scales in. And I have to say, Vanita Jones at that time, she was one of the first secretaries. And I was in there with her at that time. We didn't even have computers. And I remember... With the scales, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, scales, this is, this is really cool. This is Mm -hmm. like big, we've got scales. (laughs) Well, we would sit in, there was two of us, just her and I, and we'd get a truck that would come across, and then eventually we'd get two trucks, and then it turned into four trucks, and we were like, oh man, we got four trucks today, wow, (laughs) wow, it was so exciting and no computers. And I remember her just for hours. She was trying to learn these computers. How do I set up a computer? Because Mm -hmm. we had this in our office, but what do you do with it? She spent hours that way. So she was one of the ones that helped me a lot. And I think was there from the very beginning of that first office outside of Mike and I's home and just us working on it. So she was one that just comes to because of the beginning. Right. And then from there, I mean, wow. I just can't even say enough. The Paul Crumrines, the Kill family, the Kill family, all the Kills were there when Venita were just the very beginning. But Chris Dito, Bob Buckley, Juan Juarez, and his crew are office of staff. Just seeing if I forget anybody. So I love them all. Yeah. I can't I say enough awesome. about that. I can't say enough about that.
0: There's a good number of them. Some that are still like Vanita. I haven't been directly in the office for a few years, but Vanita is still here with us and still very much a part of the family. And, and so I think that's fun. It's great to see the years that people have been committed to being a part of this business and, I think it just goes to show that family oriented, the values there that just make us up to be what we are. And so I yes. love that aspect and I, of it.
1: And I think for me, as far as when we talk about employees and we start from the very beginning employees and we get even to where it's at today, the way I am, I was fortunate enough to every day, whoever came on, whoever worked I was able to go in and I was always able to give hugs. I was always able to say, how are your parents? How are Mm -hmm. your kids? How's the T-ball? How are your kids doing in football? How's your aunts, uncles? To me, that was very important. And maybe, you know, maybe that put that family feel in there somewhat is what I hope. And I think Mike and I were so family oriented. Everybody was welcome in our home. Anybody that came in, it was like, you just got to know him. And right. it was about a family feel. He
0: had a strong family
1: foundation.
0: And I think it, I mean, it still holds true because being here now, I experience this when I'm with colleagues and when we're together, it's so nice because it's, it's not just about somebody coming to the office and being like, what can you do for me? but that feeling of what can I do for you? And that there's more than just the fact that you're an employee that comes here every day to make money and feed your family. But it's more like, I love, love that environment that your family, the employees' families are important too. Absolutely, They're more important. You know what I mean? And so that's how I feel when I'm there. And this is how many years later that Stanley's been in business. So it's still there. And I think that's that's what I really love about being a part of this business. And that's awesome. And I hope it always stays that way. And I think, well, Mike is so upbeat
1: and it's always teamwork, teamwork. And I used to always love that because it was always to mention the name team you go out to the field and it's like yeah you know we done it as a team or the office we done it as a team and to me that was cool that's upbeat that's what you want that's you want a team
0: right you need to use people's strengths to work together to you know be successful it's you can't do it alone. So no.
1: And as a team, everybody has their strong points. Others have their weak points. You know, you come together as a team and help. And I mean, what better way to go to work every day and know that you've got a team behind you,
0: that we can work together.
1: I mean, it's, it's awesome. And I, yeah, I just hope it always keeps that feel. I haven't been in there for a long time, but that's the feel you want everybody wants to wake up every morning and know that they're going to go to work and they've got a team. we got a team and, and, and this is fun. We're going to get the job done, but we're going to have fun doing it.
0: Yeah. You need to enjoy what you're doing when you're spending that many hours away. So I think that's really Absolutely. important. Absolutely. So let's switch gears here a little bit. And I know you talked a bit about swathing being your favorite, but I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about The farm wife side of things, because I don't even know how you would define a farm wife, because it's not like you're just there. I mean, there's a lot of things that farm wives do and have done to be able to make farming work. And so I would love to hear your perspective of just to give us a day in the life of a farm wife. And I know this is probably can be very different depending on the time when maybe Dusty was little compared to when Kayla was little. But if you could just give us an example, what is something that you could share with us? Maybe even like during harvest or planting, give us a day of a life in a farm wife. Well,
1: that would be first off, you got to love it. You got to love it. Mm -hmm. If you love it, you love it. And I loved it. And I think for me, you you just, you start your day as planned. You get up in the morning, you start your day as planned, but be ready for anything to change. (laughs) I mean, really, you know, it goes from breakfast to the kids to in the summertime. For us, I guess summertime would have been that. For me, a farm wife would have been that summertime is is big. So it's everything you plan your day, but you go from kids to the kitchen, to food in the fields, lots of food in the fields took food out there. I remember when the kids were babies. And after we did have the kids, I ended up running parts more than I did driving the equipment because it was, you know, it was hard to wrap those babies up and, and have them in the swather all the time. And you you really couldn't take them on the balers.
0: Right, but they spent well, time. but how nice is that for you to be able to go grab parts or whatever is needed because that allowed Mike or whoever else to keep doing what they were doing or shifting to what they were doing, and that was one last thing that they had to go stop and do and then come back. that probably saved them a ton of time,
1: oh, yeah, and actually, when I think of that at that time, if we go back to the babies. Running parts, Mike and I didn't even have a vehicle that would run. (laughs) No. So the vehicle thing, you just hoped you made it to Twin and back, but also at that time, which so many others know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, there was no phones. So I remember you'd stop at New Holland and you'd leave and they'd need another part, but you had to go find a phone booth. Always looking for the Mm -hmm. phone booth. So you'd go find the phone booth and try and relay the message, go back to get the part, hope that they had the right one so you didn't have to go find another phone. And then getting back in the car that the water in the radiator wouldn't even last 20 minutes. So you carried water with you.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You just really had to be prepared for everything, didn't yeah, you? And that, you know, that's kind of how it was back then.
1: And the memories of that are just endless. Because you were running parts all the time. But then when you'd get back with the parts, you always had to stop at the house and fix lunches because you always took lunches to the field. You didn't do subways and hamburgers. Right. It was the convenience factor just
0: wasn't there at that time.
1: Yeah. And afford to. Right. It was just part of the everyday plan that you planned to get lunch and water out to the field. You just did. And that was one of Mike's memories, too. He loved it. I, even it goes back to his mom. He couldn't wait for his mom to bring lunch, you know, on kids. So lunches were right. big. But to go back and do it all over again, absolutely. Absolutely. Makes so, the most wonderful memories. Yeah. To me, a farm wife, is just, you got to love it. And it involves a little bit of everything. But that type of lifestyle, to me, is memory-making fun. Oh, I bet hard at times but oh my gosh what it's it's the best it's the best
0: that's amazing well and i want so for anybody who may be listening in that um maybe they're kind of like a new farm wife or maybe they're gonna be you know marrying a farmer at some point um i want to have these uh, a couple of questions to kind of help them out and give them some advice so What were one or two of your greatest struggles that you had as a farm wife? And how did you overcome them?
1: A couple of the greatest struggles. I'm just going to have to say, looking back and being as young as I was, I just have to say the beginning was hard. It was a great life in between. And number two, change today has been a struggle. But you embrace change and you go with it and it
0: all works out it's going to be great. That's awesome. That's a good perspective. So what kind of advice would you give to a newlywed farm wife? There's some difficult things that, and it kind of probably depends on like the type of farming, like what you're growing, but it's a lot the same. I think it's just the differences in time of year and things like that. But Sometimes, especially if someone comes from not growing up in agriculture or on a farm, and then they happen to fall in love with a farmer, it's a huge lifestyle shift and change. And a lot of wonderful things come from that. A lot of great things about raising a family in that lifestyle. But there are also a lot of things that are very difficult about that just Because of if your significant other is the one that's out there in the farm farming, they're out there a lot of hours. So what kind of advice would you give to a newlywed farm wife moving into that lifestyle change? First off,
1: going into it all new, you got to learn to love it. You would have to learn to love it if you hadn't been raised in it. Mm -hmm. But I would say, honey, just embrace every moment of that rural life. There's going to be a lot of memories. Take it. Go with it. Your husband's going to work hard. He's going to work very hard. And just make sure you stand behind him, support him, make sure he's got a hot meal every day, make sure he's got a clean house, and communicate. Communicate top-notch faith and communicate and take it and embrace it and enjoy this life because it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be dang good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Is that what I would say to a newlywed? (laughs) I think that's wonderful. No, that's so awesome. So yeah, just embrace it and
1: take care of him. Take care of your family. And yeah, look at the sunset every morning. Look
0: at them fields. I mean, there's nothing like it. So take it and embrace it. That's awesome. To wrap up this episode, What's the most important thing that you've learned in your life? Oh, fun. That's a fun one, Katie. The
1: most important thing that I've learned in my life, I would have to say, number one, always have faith and it'll get you through. Number two, take a day at a time. And I think number three, there's a quote that I've always kept that I just love. And it's so me and the way I feel, but number three You know, life is not a competition. Life is about helping and inspiring others so that we can each reach our potential. And that means a lot to me. That's who I am. And that's kind of in a nutshell what life is to me and or what I've learned, what I've learned.
0: And I think that's amazing, though, Wendy, especially from a mom perspective, because I feel like sometimes, especially these days, You know, it can feel very competitive and just knowing that we should be focusing more on how can we lift others up? How can we help others instead of always thinking that somebody has to win at something when there's a time and place for competition, but there's also a time and place to know that sometimes people just need to be able to be willing to support and help others.
1: Yeah. And as a business and as big as we are, you have competitors out there. We have competition, but life is not a competition. It truly is. Life is about helping and inspiring others so that everybody can reach their potential. And I truly believe that. That's
0: wonderful. Wendy, thank you so much for being on today. I think we're going to wrap this up, but I've really enjoyed just hearing your perspective on Your family growing up and the kids and basically what started Stanley Premium Western Forage and look at what it's grown to be now. The fact that we're able to sell our products, you know, nationally, internationally. I mean, I don't know if you and Mike even thought that that was possible when you guys first started all of this, but um, you grow such... Great hay and it's the quality and consistency is so nice that, you know, livestock owners and horse owners can, they've really been able to, to depend on the, the great products that we provide and that all started with you and Mike. And I think it's just a wonderful story that you guys have. Thank you. So I just want to tell our listeners, thank you for being here with us. If you feel compelled, please jump on over, especially if you're listening on Apple to leave us a review. If there are any topics or other things that you want to hear about on our podcast, this podcast is made for you. It's all about you. We want to be able to, to share the things that you want to learn about, what you love to hear about. So please email us at podcast at stanleyforage.com. And until next time, thanks again, Wendy. Thank you, Katie, for having me. And I also want to say, I think if
1: I can take a minute, I just also want to say thank you for doing this podcast. I really think this podcast is going to be awesome. I want to throw in there, we put up hay our whole lives, and during that time, hay was hay. But I learned when our youngest started to rodeo, Kayla, I learned the Mm -hmm. importance of the hay and the quality that it needed to be i learned that alfalfa was sweet grass wasn't sweet the beet pulp pellets and what it done for our horse and i knew that we put up hay but i didn't know the importance of it so when you say the quality of the hay this podcast is even going to help me today to learn why that product is so important for our animals and thank you for doing that. And I think it's great. And by us doing this and having this podcast, I'm going to learn a lot more every day about the quality and how important it is for the animals. It's really cool. Really cool.
0: I love it. That. And that's what we're here for. That's exactly what we're here for. So thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you, Katie. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Barn podcast by Stanley Forage. We'd love for you to share our podcast with your favorite people and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. Until next time, keep your cinch tight and don't forget to turn off the water.